What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Extra Mile. This is the tag-along podcast to the PlayStation Drive, where we dive deep in the services that you care about most. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Turford, the man on a moose, and I'm joined, as always, by the man himself, Mr. Matt Sawinski, or I should say, not like always, the first time. The first time on The Extra Mile. We haven't really done a review discussion like this on the PlayStation Drive. Not yet. But you're, of course, my usual PlayStation Drive co-host, mm-hmm. so you're here. Let's do it. Yeah. So, of course, today we are here to talk about Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Of course, this is the the uh, kind of game of the year edition, as you would, of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which came out last year. Um, so we're going to dive deep into that. A uh, quick couple of uh, things before we get into the, our review discussion. First up, of course, this re- uh, review copy of the game was provided to us by PlayStation Canada for the purposes of review. So we wanted to say thank you to them for providing us the game to cover on this review. Uh, number two, of course, if you want to support our show, uh, the PlayStation Drive, you can do that in a number of different ways. Of course, you can subscribe to us on all your podcast feeds of choice. If you want to see our beautiful faces, and yes, you can see our beautiful faces on this review, head on over to youtube.com slash you, me, Capriz. You can uh, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff to help the algorithm of YouTube uh, with all that good stuff. And then last but not least, of course, if you can throw a little tip in the old tip jar, patreon.com slash is how you go do that. So, Matt, we should talk about Ghost of Tsushima mm-hmm. Director's Cut. Um, but before we get into all the things proper, um, we should give a little disclaimer. Um, because I always like to do this when we, whenever we come to a review discussion. And I know this is kind of the first time we're doing one together, so I wanted to kind of outline things here, is that I always like to talk about how far we are in the game, if we've completed it or not, um, because I always feel that if you have, I feel like you have enough to say about a game, um, you can do a review without finishing the game. In, case, in my case in particular, I just didn't have enough time with the Psychonauts review this week and other things going on in my life to finish... Ihi Island, the new expansion for Ghost of Tsushima, which is part of the director's cut. Um, so I've, I had finished the base game, um, but I just didn't get a chance to play the, the new through the whole part of the new expansion. So that's where I'm at with it. Matt, did you get a chance to finish it? Yeah, so I finished all of the story content on Iki Island. So I finished the main quest line. I finished the sides quests. I have a couple more uh, question marks floating. So that'll be stuff like the animal sanctuaries and the uh, archery challenges. But other than that, I finished everything. Okay. That's good to know. So at least, you know, at least one of us has actually had a chance to, you know, play through the whole thing. Uh, at least all of the new content anyway. So this is Tsushima Director's Cut. For the, for folks that don't know what this package is or maybe is are new to Ghost of Tsushima, we should kind of outline this a little bit. So first of all, with this version of the game, um, you're essentially getting um, a new version of Ghost of Tsushima um, that includes some extra content. Um, now, in the base game, for the most part, as far as I'm aware, you know, the base story um, and content is completely unchanged right. for the most yep. part. It's really just this new expansion that takes place on Ihi Island. Um, and we, we'll do like kind of a quick story synopsis on this, but I don't want to go too deep into it for, for spoilery reasons. But essentially, um, you essentially um, get like a, a letter for, as Jin, and basically um, you're told to go to this location because apparently it's been attacked by some uh, people that have come from Ihi Island um, that kind of connect to Jin's past. Um, so he basically goes over there to, you know, investigate and try and track down this other faction that isn't just the Mongols this time around. 
uh, which I thought was actually really interesting that they actually brought in someone else this time around. Um, and, and I won't really go any further with that, the, the story, because again, I, I, from what I, I'm told, and Matt, you can probably back me up on this, story's pretty short, right? Yeah, I think I finished the entire main quest line in about five to six hours. Now, granted, I do play games quite quickly, um, so I, I do know a couple other people that took six to seven uh, to finish the main storyline. So uh, what I will say about it without going into any spoilers is that like, I'm genuinely surprised by what they did with it in a really good way. They, I was a little worried going into the expansion that it was going to be a little bit surface level because you know, they're not going to alter the ending. They're not inserting anything that's going to break the confines of the world that they've already set up. But what they did do mm. is add a lot of depth to it. And especially to Jin's character and to his backstory and to his familial relationships. Um, they really flesh those out a lot more. You learn a lot more about his mom, about his dad um, and, and their relationship as a family. So, uh, I, w I won't say any more than that, but I'm, I'm really surprised by how deep and how touching the story was. Granted, yes, it's short, but I found what was there was meaningful, which is something that I was nervous about going into it and something I was very happy I was wrong about. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, that was kind of the gist I got even from kind of the opening hour or two that I got a chance to play. So, I mean, even from what you said, like, I'm maybe even like halfway at this point. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I liked that feeling, too, where it wasn't just... You know, the same story we knew before, the same enemies, everything else. Like, it really felt like its own experience. Um, and that's one of the things I liked about it, too. I thought that um, it, it felt fresh anyways, mm -hmm. especially like Iki, the island, the location actually felt really fresh as well. Um, and, and kind of like kind of different from kind of the, the main the mainland of, of Tsushima anyway. So if you really call it the mainland, because I mean, for the most part, it's an island on its own. It's not really mainland <laughs> Japan. But uh, but, you know, the main island, is, it, it felt even different from that with a lot of different wildlife as well to kind of interact with, which I thought was cool, too. Yeah, I agree. Like they really flesh the island out in a bunch of ways. And I, I always liked the kind of more sea adjacent areas on the on the main island. Like there's a lot of really cool uh, especially in the main game, there's a lot of really cool of those like uh, platforming sections where they're not puzzles, but they're not exactly platform. They're like some sort of mix in between where you're trying to get to the shrines. So I love what they did with the locale. There is a couple more of those that work really, really well. And those are some of my favorite parts of the main game. But yeah, the island, like the monkeys and there's different other animals that I don't want to spoil. But as you come across those sanctuaries, it's it's really cool and it's really thoughtfully put together. Yeah, for sure. And um, there's also lots of things to collect this time around and, and lots of different question marks on the, on the island as well. Mm -hmm. So there is lots of stuff to do, like you said, outside the main ca uh, campaign on Iki Island. It sounds like there's a lot of content here. So, I mean, for the most part, like someone could dive in and spend probably a ton of time with this, I think. Like probably well more than the five or six hours it took you kind of to finish the main campaign, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because even after I finished the main campaign, like there were sections of the island that I hadn't even visited yet. So they were just still fogged out on the map. And as obviously, as you kind of, you know, speak to people around the island and as, as you explore, you'll come across more question marks and more side content. So there are, there are sections of the island you don't even see throughout the main campaign. So it's kind of like a nice surprise of being like, okay, I'm done the story. Uh, what else is out there? And they kind of leave, leave it up to you to go exploring. So it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I genuinely surprised by how well this was put together and, and how much fun it was. Just because, again, like I was expecting more ghosts, which is great. I, I love ghosts. Ghosts was one of my favorite games of last year. What caught me off guard was just how far they went with it and how much they decided to add. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially because we had heard beforehand, we were we were a little concerned, especially hearing kind of the upgrade price, which we'll get into a little bit in kind of in our kind of if is it worth it section of the the review. Mm -hmm. um, but with the price difference, it, it was like, huh. 
if if it's going to cost this much to upgrade, there must be something more than you know, like a couple, like a two hour experience, for example. Here, it sounds like this 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 uh, Iki expansion must be much bigger than we were actually thinking. Like much bigger than something we saw with Avengers: War for Wakanda, which is kind of what I'm going to draw a few parallels to, because that was also an expansion to a, a, a pretty popular game that was kind of billed as being this bigger experience, but it really. When it came down to it, it really wasn't. Um, but you also weren't paying for it in the same way that you're paying for this. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was really cool to see. Also, again, in, in the director's cut package, um, for the most part, it also bundle, bundles all of the Legend stuff right onto the disc. So if you want to have basically all of the updates and all of the, the Legends content on the disc without having to download it, if you're going to buy a physical version of this, um, there is that uh, as part of it as well, um, which, is, which is pretty cool. Um, you could also transfer your save over from PlayStation 4. So if you have already finished Ghost of Tsushima like we did on PlayStation 4, um, you can certainly transfer it over. And of course, it brings all your trophies with you. So thank God for yeah. that. Um, but there's also lots of new trophies this time around too for Iki Island as well. Like not a ton of them, but there there's some new stuff. There's no new platinum or anything like that. So I mean, obviously platinum tracers aren't going to go for that, but we weren't <laughs> really expecting that anyways, um, especially after what happened with like the frozen wilds for um, uh Horizon Zero Dawn, for example. Like, I didn't think they were going to go down that route. So, um, yeah, I think there's actually a lot of content here. As far as the visuals, though, Matt, uh, what did you think about playing this game on PlayStation 5, and how much of an upgrade do you think they, they made to kind of the visuals and kind of the gameplay? So I'm actually a little torn on this one because the game looks beautiful. Like, there's there's no there's no question about that. It looks awesome. It was pretty stable in its frame rate. It, you know, it was pretty consistently at 60, if not close to 60. I, I've, I had very, very few technical issues. Um, the game looks beautiful, but the problem is, is that, and, and I guess this is just, you know, looking back, I remember the original looking this good as well, you know, and it's just one of those things because of how yeah. good the original looked. And one of the kind of the biggest touted features for the PS5 as a whole is load times. It's how fast everything runs. Ghost of Tsushima on the PS4 Pro at least, already had next to no load times. Everything loaded so quickly, especially once you're actually in game. Granted, to get into the game, yeah, the load time was there, but once you were in, fast travel and stuff was was really, really quick. So for this, it's even faster. But again, like it's kind of what I remember the original experience being in terms of, you know, performance. Um, but it definitely mm -hmm. looks beautiful. You can tell that the lighting looks better. You can tell that the frame rate, well, obviously the frame rate's much nicer to, on the eyes and much more fun to look at. And just graphically, it looks incredible. It's just, but like, that's, I guess, a, a massive testament to the base game because of how good it already looked. It could just continues to look spectacular. Like in my mind, this is what it looked like originally, even though I know it looks a lot better. It's, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, actually I went back and, um, played the PS4 version on PlayStation 5 and compared it to this version because I wanted to make sure that we did that for the review kind of back to back. So I had it kind of fresh in my mind. And yeah, to your point, it was already a very beautiful game on PlayStation 4 and it did already get a 60 frames per second patch on PlayStation 5 and it loaded pretty fast already on PlayStation 5 with the original version of the game. I, I do think the load times are slightly more optimized for the director's mm -hmm. cut versus the, the original version. But for the most part, it's pretty much like maybe like milliseconds apart. Like it's not even that that big of a difference. And again, the frame rate I don't think is any smoother on the director's cut versus the original version with the 60 frames per second patch. Um, so, yeah, technically speaking, I don't like besides maybe some visual enhancements that maybe I'm not seeing for whatever reason. I, I was also playing it using my capture card, so I didn't have HDR on or anything. Um, so I don't know if they made any changes there. But for the most part, it looked 
pretty similar to the PlayStation 4 version. So I don't know visually if I would want to maybe upgrade it to this version for for the visuals, because I don't know if you're really getting a ton of benefits out of that anyways. Um, as far as some of, some of the other controller features and stuff like that, I mean, I honestly didn't really notice too many too many differences with kind of the the dual sense. Uh, but what what did you think? Do you think they they really did anything meaningful with the the dual sense, Matt? Am I off base here? I, I don't really think there was. I really felt like anything too special or different with that. I thought the haptics were fine. They weren't kind of you know they didn't blow me away, and I don't think they inherently enhanced the experience a lot. But I do like that they're there. Like obviously, like with the drawstrings on your bows, it does feel you know it's a little bit more tough to push down. That kind of release has an Nice little, you know, click to it um, along with the sword, but like all the sword fights and the melee fights, like you do kind of feel a little bit more of the, the, the clang, but I wouldn't say that they implemented it in a way that's like, this is a whole new experience now. It's fine. It's there. It works well. It's, it's, it's nice that it's there, but I wouldn't go similarly to you, Ryan. I don't know if I would go into it purely for the PS5 enhancements alone because i feel like yeah you know obviously icky is kind of the substantial part of this and if you've never played the original ghost then of course this is a nice way to do it because you do get all of those enhancements especially on ps5 but i i don't think that the way that they messed with the dual sense was enough like you'll have to have certain sections where of course you'll have sounds coming out of the controller and like that's cool because again it just kind of enhances the whole experience but nothing that i would say really elevates it to a new level it just kind of makes the original better but i wouldn't say it's a massive yeah. step forward exactly like I, I don't think it's it's something you'd really need to go out of your way to to play like it's one of those things where and this comes into kind of the pricing that we're going to get into a, in a little bit like it may even be worth it maybe even to play it on playstation like the playstation 4 version on playstation 5 with the EK content because it might actually be cheaper to do that again we'll talk about that in a second because matt I, i'm gonna bring in one of our <gasps> listeners because they actually had a question about this um because we ha of course put up questions for th this review of course if you'd like to have your question read on the show there's a number of ways to do that number one we put up a, a question post um up on twitter at yumi capris on twitter that's where you can find us on twitter um for all of our shows and whenever we do a review like this we'll post a question post there or as well um we do like a, a question post every uh thursday for the PlayStation Drive, or sorry, every Wednesday for the PlayStation Drive when we record on Thursday. So you can do that, or on Discord. Um, our Discord server is free to join. It's The link's in the show notes, and as, as well as on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment with your question here, and we will answer it, just like Famous Seamus did on Discord. And Famous Seamus, the most famous of all the Seamuses, asks, with Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut out now, do you wish your first experience with Ghost of Tsushima was on the PlayStation 5 version rather than the PlayStation 4 version? And I think that might play into a little bit about some of the stuff we're talking about here. Um, so, Matt, if you could, you know, wipe your memory, if you could do it all over again, would you rather the PlayStation 5 version be like your first experience with Ghost of Tsushima? Or do you think it might it, 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 or do you think like maybe waiting a year to PlayStation for to play the PlayStation 5 version? Probably not the right call. What do you think? I really like I, I think this is a massive testament to, to the game's quality. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think if you are a new player or if I was one that had never played Ghost, I think the PS5 director's cut is the definitive way to go. I think just it's the most feature complete. It has all of the enhancements. It's the most future proofed kind of going forward. So if you're brand new to the game, I don't think you can go wrong with going with the PS5 edition. Yes, I do think it's a bit more expensive, obviously, just because by PS5's pricing. Um, but I do think it is the best way to go because 
it just it like I said, it already elevates the game as a whole. It doesn't make it massively different, but I do think that the PS5 one is the way to go. Just because if you have all those enhancements, if they're already available to you, if you have a PS5, why not? If you can afford it, obviously the financials are the biggest question, but I think it is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But what about you, Ryan? Do you think that they've done enough for you to say that this is the way to play? Yeah, I think that if, especially like having Ikki being integrated in kind of like the main story and you just going there whenever you want to and have it be like kind of the part of the base experience, I, I think that would be the best way to approach it and something that I think that would, would kind of put it in the position where if I was uh, new to the to Ghost of Tsushima, this would be the way I want to play it. Um, because then I, I'm the type of person who, when DLC like this comes out where it's so um, really well woven into kind of the main campaign, because even though, again, it's its own standalone thing, it really felt like, you know, going to Ihi Island felt like just a natural part of what you would do as part of the campaign if you were playing the campaign for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, so I do think that for that part, I do think that absolutely for someone who's, you know, new to Ghost of Tsushima that might have missed it, or if we were, we were playing it for the first time, Matt, um, this would be the way I would want to play it. And I feel that way whenever DLC comes out, because it's always weird kind of stepping back into the shoes of a game that you haven't played in a very long time. And when I jumped back into Ghost, I hadn't played it since last summer mm-hmm. so uh it took me you know about 20 to 30 minutes to kind of get reacclimated to everything uh with ghost of tsushima this time around because i'd completely forgotten you know what all my my different abilities were and 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 kind of how even how like combat works and stuff like that like because i hadn't played it in so long uh, because i essentially when i played ghost of tsushima last year i basically binge played it for a week and a half loved it thought it was amazing and then kind of put it down and moved on to the next thing because I was um, working on a bunch of other reviews at the time. So uh, for the most part, I really just didn't get a lot of time with it between last year and this year. So picking it up again this year, it just felt kind of, you know, out of out of sorts and stuff. And getting to play all of it as one cohesive experience, I think, would go a long way to helping this experience as well and really adding to it, I think. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, Seamus. I think that I would have loved to maybe have played the director's got first before, you know, going back to the original version. Especially, so, which kind of sorry, yeah. sorry, go yeah, ahead. because like I, I was the same as you, Ryan. Stepping back into it, like I hadn't played since last summer as well, and I got my butt kicked over and over again. Especially when like yeah. the you know the director's cut, especially on Icky, does stuff like messes more with the enemies. You have new, uh, you know, you have new enemies that augment the enemies around them. The normal enemies that you fight are now going to swap out their weapons, so you have to pay attention to your stances a lot more. So. If you like, I think you're right. If I had played this from the start and kind of went to Icky naturally, I would have been much more prepared for that experience because going into it. Yeah, it, it took me about an hour before I kind of reacclimated to the world, especially, you know, switching to the different stances, the different weapons, getting the timing right for everything. Mm-hmm. Having that just kind of naturally part of it does fit a lot better. Yeah. And I can kind of compared this experience to kind of the, 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 the frozen wilds from Horizon earlier. And I think part of that, too, is that when I played Horizon Zero Dawn for the first time, it wasn't right when it came out because I was too busy, you know, getting ready for Zelda at the time. Um, I played it, you know, towards the end of that year when the frozen wilds had come out and I'd basically played you know, the the um, Horizon Zero Dawn experience and the Frozen Wilds kind of all in one main experience. And I, I felt I thought that was really rewarding. And the Frozen Wilds kind of did the same thing, too, where you had a bunch of different enemies that came in and it would really kick your butt if you weren't kind of really, you know, acclimated to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like much better prepared for that because I had been playing it the whole time, which I think goes 
right to your point as well. Like someone who's um, still currently playing Ghost of Tsushima for the first time, I think is going to have a huge leg up with the Iki experience as well. Because it definitely ranks up the difficulty, like you mm -hmm. said. I can definitely tell, even from the first couple of fights, I'm like, this is definitely way harder than kind of the base experience. Although, again, I noticed, at least in the early part, and maybe you can you can correct me on this, Matt, if it, if it changes later on, but I noticed as well, there's like less chances for stealth kills this time around, um, at least from what I noticed right from the beginning. And I'm the type of person in Ghost where like, I would pretty much play it as a stealth game and not as a samurai game. Because first of all, I love ninjas. Everyone already kind of knows this <laughs> if they've listened to our other podcasts. But number two, like I really like playing games like Assassin's Creed and whatnot as stealth games. Like I really like the stealth element in there, and I really love the implementation of some of the stealth kills and, and abilities in the first game. My my um, Jin, when I first picked him back up, was essentially like all decked out in all of my stealth gear with all of my um, like points, basically like focused on stealth and then of course i had um skill points outside of that but yeah like i was really tailored to scouts to to stealth and then going into this experience i was really caught off guard with how little you could use stealth um which kind of hurt that it hurt that be a little a little bit more too because i um struggled a little bit more than i probably would have with the combat because I wasn't really used to playing this game without having any stealth options. Like even when I would throw my smoke bomb and try and, you know, get behind people or try, like hide in the bushes and have them come to me and stealth killed them. Like I did, I, like with the shamans who are kind of the enemies that kind of buff up the other enemies are out there. Let's just like good luck with that. It doesn't work. Yeah. So. For for the main campaign, because it is a shorter experience, it is quite action packed. So there are still some opportunities for stealth throughout the main campaign. But you're right. It is a much more action focused experience compared to the length of the original game. Um, there's still plenty of stealth opportunities for uh, in a bunch of the side content and a bunch of those. And also like the um, the bases that you kind of go in to try and infiltrate and take that to take the Mongols out. So there is still plenty of stealth there, which is funny because Generally speaking, Ryan, I'm like you. If I'm playing a game like Assassin's Creed or, or like Far Cry, I want to be as quiet as possible. I get in, I get out and try and go unnoticed. I try and, you know, especially with the Far Cry games, I love wiping out an entire base without anybody realizing I was there. Ghost is the only game that I was like, yeah, stealth is fun, but I have so much fun with the actual combat that I'll go in and be like stand off and just kind of go in, charge right <laughs> through the gates with the horse and just be like, all right, everybody, I'm here. And I, I'm not usually a player like that, but because of how, how good the melee combat is in Ghost, I completely went that way. So now that I think about it, you're 100% right. The story missions do have a lot of focus on action just because of the shortened runtime, but you do still have a bunch of stealth opportunity in the side content and in the in the world itself. Okay, that's good. No, again, it's, I love you know embracing the the ghost and kind of you know doing all the stealth stuff. So um, even though it's not honorable, <laughs> I'm not an honorable samurai this summer. I'm not, unfortunately. That's okay. But that's that's just how I play games. So it's all good. So trying to transitioning and to our final thoughts here. So first off, before I go to um, kind of the upgrades and kind of if we uh, breaking down the upgrade path itself and kind of talking about what upgrades we think are worth it. Matt, are there any cons or are there anything? Was there anything about the experience that you didn't really like? Because for the most part, we sounded very positive. Um, and while I don't really have anything negative to say other than kind of the stealth stuff that I just mentioned mm -hmm. um, with the, my time with the game, was there anything else besides maybe the pacing or something else that maybe threw the experience off for you in a little bit? Or do you think that this was just a really top notch experience? I really, I, I was, when I was doing my own review for this as well, like I really tried to think about this and there isn't really anything that jumps out at me. I don't, I didn't have any significant technical issues. I already loved the base game for its combat, for its story and everything else. And it basically just takes everything from there and just fine tunes it a little more. It doesn't do enough that it's like 
sequel territory because I don't think it should as an expansion. Um, I, I really can't think of much that this did wrong. I, I really do think it's just a really tight experience with a bunch there for you to continue on if you once you are done the main quest line. So, I mean, you could easily get eight to ten hours out of this, if not more, depending on how fast you explore and, and how much you kind of take everything in. But I no, I, I can't really think of much negatively to say about this. It's, it's a good it's a great experience. Yeah, it's like for the most part, it, it just feels like the complete experience. Like it feels like the expansion that you would ideal expansion that you would want for a game like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely like I, I wasn't sure if like maybe the, the story maybe dipped a little bit or something like that. But I mean, it's hard to do something like have something like that happen when you've got a shorter experience like this, too. So there you go. So before so we should break down, obviously, you know, because there's a bunch of different upgrade paths for people with PlayStation 4. And I would say most of the people who are probably listening to this podcast have probably played Ghost of Tsushima at least once before mm-hmm. on PlayStation 4, or if they haven't played it, they at least probably own a PlayStation 4 copy of the game. So I think we should advise as to what uh, upgrades might be worth it. So first off, you can go from the PlayStation 4 version, uh, the base version, to the director's cut for 20 US dollars. So Matt, if you were someone who only had PlayStation 4, let's mm-hmm. say, do you think it would be worth it for $20 to buy the expansion pass, which is essentially just the upgrade to the director's cut with, with Iki Island. Do you think it's worth 20 bucks? I think depending on how big of a Ghost of Tsushima fan you are, yes. Because if if you're someone that doesn't mind waiting, I would tell you until wait until you get a PS5 and experience the director's cut then. But if you're someone that really, really loved the base experience and are looking for more, I don't think you can go wrong even with upgrading from PS4 to the PS4 base game to the PS4 director's cut. If you're someone that enjoyed the base game and thought it was fine, but you're not kind of craving new content, I don't think you have to. Like, it's one of those things where if you're a diehard fan, mm. I think you'll find enough here that will make the that make that $20 worth it. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you with that point, too. I think that, yeah, for the most part, I really don't see a reason why, um, like, to go back to this if you aren't really craving more ghosts. Um, because it definitely feels like it's more of that experience. And, and again, like, I know a lot of, like with DLC in particular, it's harder to go back to DLC if you have if you haven't been actively playing the game. Um, like wh- like whenever like I see new uh, DLC for Assassin's Creed, I'm like, <laughs> man, I have the season pass for Assassin's Creed. I really should go back and play this DLC. And I just never do. So, because uh, I know it's just even as, as much as I enjoyed Assassin's Creed Valhalla, for example, when it came out, um, it's just so much harder to bring myself to come back for DLC like months and months later, especially with this, where it's almost a year later, mm-hmm. right? So, um, or I guess it is actually a year later from from when the first base game launched. So, um, yeah, I think that it, it might be a harder ask if you're just coming in just for the DLC. But of course, there's the $29.99 option to upgrade the PS4 base version to the director's cut on PlayStation 5. And that, in that case, same deal. If you're craving more uh, ghost content, I think it's worth it because I don't necessarily think it's worth it just for the PS5 enhancements alone. Um, I mean, that's especially like for 30 bucks US, you could almost buy another game with that. Like, especially like um, when we see like, you know, budget games or even like Scarlet Nexus, for example, which was on sale last week. Like you could have bought Scarlet Nexus for around that price too. So Mm -hmm. um, you could have gotten a whole game for that price. So I, I would say, same camp as, as what we said with the PlayStation 4 version. If you're craving more ghosts, it's probably worth it. Uh, Matt, do you do you feel any differently about no, this? No, I completely agree. If you, like I said, if you're if you're looking for more out of this experience, if you want to spend more time in that world, for me, I'm not usually one Ryan like you who runs back to DLC, especially if it's not a game that I've been playing for a while. But I loved the original enough, and I feel like a lot of people did that. It is worth it to go back, even if it takes a second to kind of readjust because of 
how like how well crafted Icky is as a whole. Like again, if you're just going for the enhancements, I don't think it's worth it. But if you're craving a new experience in that universe, then I do think it's worth it. For sure. Which brings us to our final upgrade path. If you want to upgrade from the PS4 base version to PlayStation 5 base version or the PS4 director's cut to the PlayStation 5 director's cut, it's $10. I would say don't do that. Like that's $10 that you're pretty much just throwing away at this point um, because, yeah, the upgrades, as we've talked about, aren't really worth it. And I wouldn't pay the 10 extra dollars for that. And I think you probably feel the same way. Yeah, I agree, especially how commonplace it is nowadays for, you know, once if you own the base version of a game and you're getting on the newer console, it's quite common to get that for free. I don't think that $10 is worth it without that icky expansion. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how we feel about Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut overall. Sounds like we both really enjoyed it and we recommend it if you're looking for most like more Ghost of Tsushima. And, and plus, if you haven't played the game before, like absolutely play this version of the game. This is the best way to, to start. So before we go, Matt plugs. Yeah, go. you can find me over on Twitter at burnout underscore Matt. And you can find me over at YouTube.com slash burnout brighter where we have a podcast reviews and a whole bunch of other stuff. Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at you, me, Capriz, as well as on Instagram. Same thing, Yumi Capri's on Instagram. You also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Yumi Capri, and on podcast services around the globe. So, for Matt Sawinski, I'm Ryan Trevor. This has been the Extra Mile review of Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, and we're out. <laughs>